everybody welcome back to a special episode here in the choir room we are currently in real time recording season five recaps for you guys but uh we're taking a little bit of a break here to sit down and talk about something that we've been meaning to get to for a while and uh, we're gonna drop in on your feeds in uh, in between seasons four and five as a little bit of uh, something to hold you over in the meantime of course i am talking about the glee 3D concert experience uh, movie, whatever the hell it was called. It is uh, a concert that came on uh, back in 2010 and 11, of course, when Glee was in its glory days. And uh, there's a lot to talk about from the movie, from some behind the scenes stuff that I've pulled here and there. But of course, I'm not alone to do so. Aman, how are you doing today? Did you uh, enjoy your viewing experience of this very uh, timely movie? Yeah, I. Uh... I enjoyed it more than I thought that I was going to. I'm not a big concert guy. I don't really attend concerts, and I, I guess by extension, I've not really been the biggest fan of movie footage of concerts, but I enjoyed this. I mean, it just sort of felt like an extended episode of Glee, or like a, a Glee B-side documentary, so I did enjoy it. I had a good time. Yeah, I, I am a big concert guy uh, for, you know, artists that I am, am into. I mean, that's a stupid thing to say as if I would go to a concert for an artist I'm not into. Um, I just mean like I'm not like, you know, uh, like I'm not big on like festivals or anything like that. Like I, I don't go oh, to like I do fuck anything with a crazy. That might sound counterintuitive because I, I love <laughs> going to festivals. I went to a few in college with my friends and those were those were great. But I'm not one to like my my two favorite artists in the world are Lady Gaga and Beyonce. And I've only been to one Gaga concert, and after it, I was like, I never want to do it again. And I've never been, I've never seen Beyonce, ever, ever. And I just don't think that I ever will. I just, I don't know what it is. I just, mm-hmm. I sort of just well, like. She perf- doesn't really tour a whole lot, does she? Oh, Beyonce, oh, she tours all the time. Well, n- now not so much since she's had her twins. Yeah. But before that, yeah, she was. She had like a tour, like every every album cycle, and sometimes in between. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I I have my list somewhere in my phone. Maybe I'll pull it up at some point of the, I think I'm up to 29 concerts that I've been to, um, which doesn't feel like a lot and probably isn't a whole lot, but where is it? Um, yeah, it's a decent amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, com- uh, compared to like people that I know, they, like, cause I have a, a lot of friends that that's just, that's just their culture. They just, concerts 
every, every like no matter where like big or small they just go mm-hmm. but 29 sounds like a, like a decent amount Nobody, I don't know if it's exactly, wait, wait, so for five, uh, for five seconds, let me see if I can get through. Uh, so I have Gaga, Demi Lovato, Gaga, Eminem and Rihanna, Demi Lovato, um, a couple of different concerts that have like a million different artists. Cause you know, like the summer jams and the jingle balls and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Backstreet Boys, Avril Lavigne, Maroon 5, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, Jake Miller, DNCE, oh, wow. Chainsmokers, uh, Simple Plan, Panic at the Disco, uh, Friend of... The pod, not friend of the pod, friend of me, I guess, Hoodie Allen and Jake Miller, uh, uh, Jonas Brothers. Uh, there's a million people on here, but a lot of them were, uh, a couple of them were like combined at like, you know, uh, whatever those are, like the Jingle Balls kind of, kind of concerts. So have uh, definitely seen a lot of people. And as you can see, my music taste is very uh, high school girl, high school girl pop like. So that's the crowd that usually. Com- probably, I think I've probably been to maybe 10. I've seen Lady Gaga during the uh, the Fame Monster Ball. I've seen the Black Eyed Peas. I've seen the Black Eyed Peas twice actually, so there's three. I've seen I've seen Bruno Mars. I saw him back in 2017 for 24 Karat Magic. I've seen Stevie Wonder in concert, but that was like more like my parents dragged me to that one. So, but still, I've been. I've been. Oh, man, I don't have Bruno on my list. I wish I did. Yeah, it was great. I Big Bruno time. Mars fan. I've been. I've seen. Uh, this is. Uh, they are. They aren't really a very well known band, but I love this band. Their name is Colony House. I've seen them when they came to Philly. Oh, I've been to a Kim Petras concert. I don't remember because I was drunk out of my mind. But it was. <laughs> from what I do remember, it was really really fun. So what's that? Seven. I thought it was maybe like one or two more that I'm forgetting, but probably like around ten. <laughs> One day, one day I was really bored. I think this was, uh, oh yeah, November, November, 2019. So only, you know, about a half a year ago, I remember, um, I was trying to figure out how many I had been to and I went through my emails. Like I have like two different email accounts and I went through all of them and I found every single like ticket, whatever thing that I had gone to. And I wrote down the dates, um, because that's what I do with my free time. So I had uh, made oh, the full list. I've been to Zed. I've seen Zed. I've seen Zed, I've like seen a, Zed. a few times. I've seen him at, at, uh, festivals, but I've, I've only been to one of his concerts so i just count the concert so that's eight mm-hmm. i know i was forgetting one of them i'm just pretty sad that uh 2020 will not have a single thing on this list i know and it's gonna be that way for a while well i mean you might be able to find a few here and there like what was the what band was just in the news and they were like fuck the corona <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i saw them back in 2017 so i got them in before they became trouble <laughs> they were like Fuck Corona. We're going to do this shit. But that was like one of the best concerts I've been to in my life. So uh, they at least put on a good show for those people they were breaking quarantine with. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw the beginning of their set at Firefly Music Festival back in 2015. But I got really, really sick. And so I left. So I've only, I've, I, have, I wouldn't really count that for, my, for myself. But I've, I've at least been in the vicinity of them performing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I, I don't remember if... Uh, well, I don't know if we've talked about this or not. It doesn't matter. But uh, have any of those shows you've been like close to the stage? Um, for the bl- one of the Black Eyed Peas ones, it was like a benefit concert, like in the middle of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And so I, uh, you could you didn't have to get like tickets or anything. Well, you did, but they mm-hmm. were like really really cheap or free for a lot of people. And so I I was like really really close to them. Um, I went alone though, so I kind of felt like sort of I didn't want to be too close and like I don't know. I just kind of felt awkward by myself, but. All the other ones, I think. Aww. Well, Kim Petras, I mean, she was here in Philly at a local theater. 
which was on the smaller end. So we were all kind of close to her. But I think that's it. For Lady Gaga, I was like way, way back because mm-hmm. those tickets were mad expensive. Yeah, I, I only have two like good experiences being close. One of them, actually, uh, uh, I don't even know if I have Kesha on here. Kesha and Macklemore? Oh my God, that's not on my list. I don't even have them all. I saw Kesha and Macklemore a couple summers ago and I sat really, really close to them. Uh, but the Gaga one, I think I've talked about on this podcast before at a uh, the Roseland Ballroom that was closing in New York City. Uh, got to see her and I was like, at the front of the concert and that was like the best day of my life and then also uh nick jonas and demi lovato saw them together once and i had really close seats so out of the 29 only a few were uh very very good seating but you know happy to have been to uh, all of them and sadly glee the concert is uh not on my list and not on yours either otherwise you know this would be a whole different perspective we were coming at it with but you know i was so we were both so into the show specifically for myself you know i was uh super into it but i don't think that the concert was ever on my radar in time i mean they did it in 2010 2011 and as much as glee was huge and i was watching it with all my friends i don't i mean the first concert that i had have on my list here is gaga back in 2011 so this concert was around that time, I guess, but probably before I realized that actually like going to concerts is the thing you can do. So sad I missed it, but happy we at least have this. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the fanfare um, and ancillary uh, media with Glee happened during the first two seasons. It began to taper off in 2012, and that's when I got into the show. So I'd, you know, I'd, I'd missed most of the uh, the Glee project hype. I missed the Glee concert hype, all of that stuff. I sort of like was on the train a little too late, but it was nice to go back and have this material to look at because it really just did sort of, I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me was that it contextualized just how broad the fan base actually is because mm-hmm. there were a lot of adults that were giving me very much, I'm not here with a child energy. <laughs> um, so I was, which would be us today if we are considered adults. Yeah, um, but no, I think you mean older. I, but yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely people our age, and definitely people older. Like I'm pretty sure I saw like men in their fifties, like there as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, and just how young some of them are, because I mean, this was 2011, right? So some of these kids look like they were still in elementary school, and. That just, you know, it just goes to show that a lot of the fans that are still, you know, very vocal about the show today are just now, like, about to leave their teens or in their late teens, you know what I mean? So it's, it just broadened, you know, just how wide-reaching the audience for this show was. Because I didn't, I didn't realize that there were literally kids young, I mean, I knew that there were kids younger than me watching the show at the time, but I didn't realize how young they were, and that's just sort of crazy to me. For sure. Yeah, they uh, the the way that this all works, and I, I have a little bit of like back stuff to get into as well, but the way that this concert worked, or the, the movie, I should say, uh, worked in case anybody's not watching along with us. And I'll start with that, actually. If you did want to watch along and, you know, come back to this later, the it didn't seem very accessible to uh, find this. I think both of us found it on some of those sites that are a little, uh, you know, a little fishy, kind of have to go with your gut and hope that it uh, hope that it works out for you with some of these sites. But uh, Mine I, was I know so that it's available. Fucking weird yo because it had i feel like it was it had it had a narrator on top of it like i think it was for what? someone that might have been blind like oh. because it had like a robotic voice describing what was going on before it would go on so if we were cutting to like backstage they'd be like 
it'd be Artie is backstage looking into the mirror. And then Artie would start talking. <laughs> it was so strange. And then like at the end of the, at the <laughs> because there's this cute little um, Asian boy uh, in a warbler's blazer throughout like the concert. And he's like in the credits. And so <laughs> the narrator would come on for like one last time during the outtakes and be like, cute little East Asian boy dancing to the warblers. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I didn't get that version. Uh, mine had no narrator. It was uh, just the concert, so I guess I had a better link there. Um, but if you guys do want to watch along, I know it is on YouTube. I think it's like $4 <laughs> if you want to rent it, so uh, definitely worthwhile. <laughs> I was about to go and fish for another link, but it was sort of funny to me, so I just kept it on. I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, all right. So uh, check out, you know, see if uh, Aman will get you guys that link if you want it. Or like I said, on YouTube, or I'm sure you could find it somewhere uh, to watch along if you want to do that and then come back. Uh, This movie was of the concert that was in uh, 2011. So the way that this concert all worked was uh, it was the Glee. It was the, the concert was called Glee Live in Concert. And it was a two part kind of concert. It was in 2010 and 2011. In 2010, it had a whole different set list because it was all based on songs from season one of the show. Um, let me run through quickly what those songs were because it's a completely different set list that they used for season uh, for for the version that we're going to talk about today from the movie because that was all mostly season two with a couple season one. Uh, season the the 2010 leg of the show had "Don't Stop Believing," "My Life Would Suck Without You," "Push It," "Don't Rain on My Parade," "Beautiful," "Sweet Caroline," "The Boy Is Mine," "Lady Is a Tramp," "Defying Gravity," "Bust Your Windows," "Bad." romance dancing with myself it's my life confessions mashup halo walking on sunshine mashup which i'm so mad we didn't get to see uh rehab mercy i don't know why we had vocal adrenaline numbers oh well because there was no warblers yet uh along with jump faithfully any way you want it love and touch and squeeze and mashup and like a prayer so oh sorry uh, also true colors and somebody to love in the encore so uh obviously that was uh, very heavy on season one and i am glad that the version that we got was the season two because obviously a lot more people got a chance to shine in season two, uh, you know, Naya and Heather. And um, the fact that we had Lauren Zeiss on this tour was just perfect to me. So um, overall, I'm very satisfied with the product that we were uh, we were given. Yeah, um, I was I was glad that we got um, a bunch of like season two content. I was shocked by some of the people that uh, ended up on that stage. I was like, oh, wow, they really uh, this whatever whatever night this was this crowd got off easy they got lucky with uh they I mean they got gwyneth poucher up in this bitch too i was like damn mm-hmm. i didn't know everybody was on this tour like how many people's on this tour damn yeah. they were employed honey yeah, definitely uh, surprising to see some people there, but uh, not, you know, not a bad thing, I don't think at all. Obviously, this show is all about the kids. We don't have any adults. We don't have any Sue, Will, Emma, whoever. But um, I know the, I was reading that the 2010 leg of the concert, which was only 13 shows, uh, the 2011 tour was from like... It was it was like over the course of two months. It went from like late May until early July, and it was a lot of uh, a lot of, a lot of stops in the U.S. and then also some stops internationally over in Europe and whatnot. And um, the Europe the Europe leg of the tour seemed to be very iconic uh, for the cast. A lot of good memories came out of that. Uh, they talk about it a lot on Showmance, the uh, podcast that Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz do. So if you want like behind the scenes stories from the tour and from everything. I know they, they did like a two part podcast with 
somebody that was there on the tour working with them. And they put that out a couple of weeks back. So definitely check that out as well. If you want more, if you're not listening to showman's, I don't know what you're doing. Like that's that like in addition to what we're doing, it's uh they have, it, it's Jenna and it's Kevin. Like you better be listening to them if you have the time and you want to do so. It's really good. I couldn't recommend it more. And then also I was, uh, you know, I, I talked about this before, you know, before Naya had passed, I was listening to her book and she had a bunch of stories in there from uh, the time that they were on tour from her and Diana, like, growing to be like best friends and they were like uh just having a good time together they were like walking through the streets of london like flirting with a bunch of people and trying to like you know get things like to like get people to like give them free things or whatever i don't know just some fun stories in there as well so um definitely uh, a, a lot of good good times seem to have been had by the cast as they uh, went on this tour. It was only, you know, this one tour. It didn't seem like they uh, planned on doing this again after, I guess, things got, you know, too big. And it was, you know, the production became such a big thing that I guess uh, going on tour in the middle of producing seasons probably just became too much for them to handle. So uh, sadly, you know, it would have been so cool to get like the uh, new generation in there on, on a tour, but sadly, no. Yeah, um, I was I, I was wondering like why the the gravy train like seemingly stopped after a while because it seemed wildly successful because like how 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 much money did they make on this tour? Because it was it, it was like must have been a lot. it ran for like a while, didn't it? it? Was like at least like half a year. Let me look it up. Glee tour. And you also mentioned the fact that this. Uh this specific concert. Yeah, this had some extra stuff. Obviously, they knew they were filming for this one. So they had Holly Holiday. We'll get to that uh, when we start kind of looking through the concert itself. But mm -hmm. uh, this concert was the one that was filmed in uh, New Jersey, the exact venue that I'm sure I would have been going to if I had gone to see it. So uh, I can't believe I missed it. I feel so uh, let down with myself. Yeah, they. Oh, so they it was pretty much it. It was oh, OK. So they ran in 2010. They ran from May 15th to May 30th through Phoenix, Los Angeles, Rosemont, and NYC. And then when they picked it back up again in 2011, they ran from May 21st all the way until, okay, so it's just, it's just throughout pretty much most of the summer. So they, they started in May 21st and then ended July 3rd, 2011. But they did have a European leg as well with a couple shows in Manchester, a few in London, mm -hmm. and two in Dublin. So they, yep. they got around. Yeah, they definitely uh, moved their way around the world to show off uh, what they had going on. And obviously, as we see in this special, it really meant a lot to fans that were there. This uh, special, it started off in 2010 with, like I said, the adults weren't there, but uh, there was a pre-recorded greeting from Jane Lynch uh, as uh, it says, as cheerleading coach Sue Sylvester, insulting both audience members and forthcoming performers. Uh, she came out in her tracksuit dress, I think in the 2011 version of it. So she was there uh, in some way for both of these times. Uh, in 2011, she was there handing out Sue's barf bags to just let the audience know that this performance is everything they're about to see is awful, absolutely terrible. And uh, they're going to need the barf bags to, you know, get through it all. Uh, she made some kind of comment about how like uh, the, the new directions are terrible. They suck, but seems like they've been doing OK lately, you know, killing it on the billboard charts and like beating records from like Elvis Presley and whatnot. So, you know, trying to incorporate Sue's character for a little bit to just get some laughs going, get the crowd going. I think there was even a Sue and Schuster uh, video that introduced the new directions at one point. So, you know, the adults weren't there, but they were still uh, still kind of there. Yeah, I was scary to say, because when they rolled the credits and they were like, Jane Lynch as Sue Sylvester, I was like, where? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was in the I think if you if you have like the DVD of it, which I'm pretty sure I do, but I don't have a DVD player. So I'm probably 
do I? I don't know if I have a DVD player. Uh, I'm sure I could find it someday if. Uh, if you whatever. have a Blu-ray, then you, yeah, have a, uh, you have a DVD player. So they play that. They play them both. Yeah, but why would why I don't have a Blu-ray player? I don't, I was just saying if you did, shit. No, I don't. I don't have. <laughs> I, or I, I might. I might. I don't know. Like tucked away somewhere. I don't know. I move too much and I get rid of everything. But yeah, so the format of the um, the concert movie, which I think I've tried to say like six times now, and I keep distracting myself, is that it's obviously the concert itself. We see I, a lot of performances. What's the exact number? Uh, 20, tw- uh, 20 performances plus one encore number. Uh, and they're all kind of interspliced with a bunch of scenes of fans. Specifically, we're following three different stories in the 2011 version of the concert. We have Janae, Josie, and Trenton that are three fans of Glee, each with their own story. And we'll get to them as they come up as we're kind of going through. But uh, each of them kind of just tell a story along the way. And the theme of the concert is really, you know, like how how Glee inspired the kids that watch it to feel less like an outcast and less like they're a loser. And, you know, they end the show with loser like me. And I put out a tweet uh, like 10 minutes ago saying, I I can't believe that Glee really took a bunch of hot people that can sing, dance, act and perform and become stars and tried to convince us that they were all just like us. And we bought it. (laughs) Well, I didn't buy it. I asked at one of these concerts. But yeah, they definitely, um, they, it, it was, it definitely matched the tone of the show. Like they went out and found a bunch of Finns, a bunch of, uh, Rachels, a bunch of Britneys and Santanas and everybody was like represented. Although I was kind of pissed off in the beginning of the film when they were asking everyone who their favorite character was. And Mercedes got like no love and neither did Tina. I was like, damn, uh, what the hell? Yeah. A lot of Britney and Santana fans, a lot of Blaine stands, a lot of Blaine stands, which is crazy because he was new on the scene. But um, obviously people fell in love with him. Finn got a lot of love. Rachel, Kurt, like some of the main characters. But yeah, not much love for Tina. I didn't I didn't hear much Mercedes either. Puck, Puck got love. Puck did get love. I mean, pretty much everybody else got love. Like the only people that didn't get like name dropped were Mercedes, Tina, probably Lauren. Uh, I I would have said Lauren. I would have been out there repping the Lauren's Icy's uh, merch if that existed. Oh, I would have or been Tubbington. So I'd have been like, "Where is the Lauren solo?" Like every time there was like a, a silent moment on stage, I'd be like, "We want Icy's, bitch!" Like I would have been mm-hmm. so annoying. And you see, like, all the fans in their Glee attire, like, the Born This Way shirts were all over the place. Everybody had their Born This Way shirt. Um, I fully remember that being a thing at the time. And what else? There were some people with Cheerios uniforms and what, and the jackets and whatnot. Obviously, uh, the girl, Josie, who's one of the featured uh, fans in this, uh, was wearing the Cheerios uniform, and or she was at least wearing the jacket. So... Uh, lots of warblers mm-hmm. outfits out there. Just everybody was dressed in as much glee as they could. Yeah, I think I saw some some guys in some uh, Cheerios things too, like some of them in the audience. There was this girl getting her life in the audience. I forget which performance it was, but I bust my ass out laughing. Um, she was like in some Santa costume and she was getting her life to whatever song was going on. It was so funny. Yeah, they were uh, they, all these all these fans were just you know living their best life. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were having a great time. Uh, I imagine that the uh, the the cast and the crew were having a good time as well. Like I said, I've only heard positive stories from all of them about this, and it just seemed like you know this was right when they were becoming stars. So they were all you know 
going out there for the first time and having crowds go wild for them. And they were seeing fans like uh, Naya had said at one point, she's like, yeah, I got proposed to twice by fans. Uh, these people were coming up to them as if it was, you know, like like they were Lady Gaga or somebody. It was like these people that like as if they were some famous. I mean, they were famous as if they were somebody that they've known all their lives and just have, have loved for years. Meanwhile, in real time, it had only been like two years by now, but not, you know, two years long enough. Obviously, the Glee craze began and it just took hold and went wild. So, you know, I'm definitely not shaming anybody for it. It, it. Like, I totally get it. Everybody was going wild and having fun with it. And and yeah, but that's uh most of what the setup I have, I guess, is if that even is still considered set up. I mean, uh, we're kind of just going to work our way into the into the the set list for it it's like uh if you call this a set list it's like the longest set list that the uh, new directions have ever done but uh you know 20 songs imagine if they uh went to like nationals and had a set list that long would have been crazy but yeah a lot of people excited for blaine for finn rachel is kind of kind of open things up as she's like sipping tea alone in her dressing room and i was just so not surprised to see leah michelle like off by herself i think that was ryan murphy behind the camera yeah it was he was there yeah so no surprise to see Rachel and Ryan off on their own while everybody else is getting hair and makeup done, you know, with each other. Yeah, um, there were a few performances, like group numbers that I'm pretty sure Rachel was missing from as well. And I was like, oh, what the hell is she backstage yeah. for? Like, is she like mm-hmm. prepping her throat for another uh rendition of Don't Rain on My Parade? I was just like, oh, go, 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 get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you see like all the other kids in their rooms getting ready. Um, and, you know, by kids, of course, these are like the adults that are playing the kids, but whatever. Um, Brittany and Mercedes like off getting ready together and Artie in one dressing room, whatever. But then Rachel's just at her own vanity, which is like very reminiscent of season four where she, you know, is yelling at Santana. Uh, no, season five, actually uh, yelling at Santana, which we haven't, you know, released yet, whatever, uh, to like go away so she can have her own room. I was like, this is too whatever to to real life but the uh the the whole thing is going to start off as the crowd is going wild of course the piano and all the music is playing for don't stop believing to get things going and they get introduced at least for the movie version with this one by one dramatic spin around as their character's name pops up on the screen behind uh, right next to them so you know rachel turns around and finn and tina and mercedes and uh curd and Artie and everybody else because they let everybody be in the opening number for Don't Stop Believing. So Sam, Lauren, everybody's there. Um, did you uh, enjoy the opening? Of course, it had to be Don't Stop Believing with uh, all the blue shirts and everything. Yeah, of course, it had to be Don't Stop Believing. Um, yeah, a nice little change of pace with the blue shirts instead of the red. I don't think, have we ever seen, have we ever seen, wait, no, because they, they did Don't Stop Believing again. Wait, wait, did, wait, did they do Don't Stop Believing again in season two? They didn't do that, right? Uh, not They did it twice in two, season right? one. They did it in the the first episode, yes. and then they did it for like what regionals? For regionals, yeah. Okay, so the, the, we've never seen "Don't Stop Believing" with like with this particular group of people. I don't believe, which I found kind of interesting. No, 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 no we haven't. Um, and it was interesting because like you know the way that like the season was going. Obviously, Blaine is not with the New Directions at this time, so he's like not in so many of the numbers. Uh, so I was like, uh, you could have had everybody out there, but uh, okay, sure. Um, obviously we're going to get some warbler numbers along the way. So he's going to have his time to shine. And then after that, he kind of bounces in, but yeah, the way that they kind of had the different groups going, I mean, anybody could have really just jumped in there at any time, but yeah, everybody's going to be there for this opening number of don't stop believing. And, uh, yeah, it really,
really gets the crowd going. Everybody gets into it, and it's going to transition over into Finn and Rachel singing the next number, which is Sing, uh, the My Chemical Romance song that they did in season two, which I have always been such a big fan of this number. And I was surprised to see them do it on tour, but I feel like it was such a crowd pleaser. Like They wanted to do this one at the Nationals, I think, so I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did. It, it, it works for them. Yeah, I was half expecting Sue to come out there with her enthusiastic ass during this mm-hmm. song, uh, but she didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but this would have been like a, a perfect spot for her. But yeah, this uh, this one, I don't know, it's really good. Maybe it's just because the song is uh, about singing it out, and uh, that's all the New Directions do. So I don't know, maybe that's why this song works so well for them. Um, as, the, uh, of course, these performances are going on, we do get a lot of cuts back and forth in with some of the crowd, some of the audience members outside of the arena. Uh, that biker-looking dude that was a big Kurt fan, that was uh, a highlight. He was like, my kids all love Kurt, but like I love Kurt. We get some of the Cheerios clothing that everybody's wearing. Uh, some specific highlights are going to get started. I guess let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, J- uh, Janae, right? I think is her name. She is a cheerleader at her school. Uh, Janae is a little person and coach, Coach Page. She says she's like a regular old Sue Sylvester, but like, I guess a lot nicer because Coach Page does not seem very mean. Um, so uh, Coach Page is talking about how Janae is like the team's secret weapon. She can go high up and uh, she does a lot of things that other teams can't do. Um, and yeah, she's going to be one of the people that we highlight here. She feels, you know, different in her school, in her environment, but that's not a bad thing. She says, yeah, this was, um, at first I was like, okay, here we go. Like they're really going to lay it on thick with, uh, with a few of these storylines and I mean, here and there they kind of did. I mean, that's, that's, that's par for the course, but I, I mean, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed that they, um, followed a lot of these kids around and showed the real life ramifications of glee on their you know on their daily routines and um it was it was nice because you know you get to put a you get to put a face um to a lot of these fans and not only that but you get to see their story actually play out as opposed to just regular fan testimonials because those can become run of the mill you know what i mean you go to a concert movie and then you find all these people in the in line like oh my god i love this person so much just over and over and over again it kind of gets lost in the sea of of love um but it was nice that he would actually like personalize some of these fans especially if they're from marginalized communities because that's what glee is all about so i mean mm-hmm. I, I thought that it was like expertly done the way that they revealed that she was little because they, they they did so without saying it they were like oh yeah she's a flyer on the cheerleading squad she um goes up really really high and then you the next thing you know you see her flying up and you're like oh she's a little person but they didn't even have to say yeah. it. I liked that. And let's just talk, I guess, about each of their stories as they kind of come up rather than, you know, kind of bouncing all around. Uh, the rest of, of what we see from Janae is mostly about how she, back at her school, you know, everybody seems to like her just fine. But of course, she's always felt different. She's always felt like uh, the the person that Glee is, you know, really trying to reach out to and, and tell them that, you know, it's OK to be different. So that's why we uh, are highlighted with her. But she uh, is going to a prom is coming up and uh, she was nominated to be the prom princess, not the prom queen in the prom princess which is i guess what the school does uh she was asked to go to prom by this boy named reed who is on the football team and just a little bit of a goofball seems like a really nice guy uh he she was very excited that he asked her to go to prom because she like threw this out as an idea of like maybe he would go to prom with me i don't know uh and all of a sudden i guess people got involved and like told him to like hey you should ask her out and like ask her to go to prom and he was like yeah i'm down and then they ended up going to prom and having a great time together yeah, this was uh, this was really awesome. I mean, yeah, go to go to prom with her. She seems like she's really fun, to be honest. She, she seems does. like she's a 
the life of the party. So I mean, I'm trying mm-hmm. to I'm trying to have a good time at my prom. So I go to prom with her. I went stag shit. And she won uh, prom princess after all. Yeah, I wonder what that was. Like, was it? Because was she not a senior? Do they not do queens at her school? Is it like you know, juniors can win prince and princess, and seniors win queen and king? I wondered. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, her story seemed to work out pretty well. She had a couple different check-ins throughout the episode with uh, her coach talking about how great she is and how everybody like values and appreciates her. And uh, Janae seemed to have like a really positive spirit the entire time. Like she had a smile on her face throughout the entire time. Like like you can tell that she has been through a lot and you know she's always she she was telling us straight up how she, you know, felt and how she's always felt in her life, how she's always felt different, but uh, like it was nice and warm like heartwarming to see that everybody around her always seemed to treat her as if there was absolutely no difference between them and her. And uh, that really kind of like had her, like I said, smiling the whole time. Like she seemed like she's at a good place uh, in her life now. And I guess she's, you know, such a big Glee fan and she feels like Glee did a lot to uh, help her feel uh, like so good about herself. So that was nice. Yeah, it was really, really nice to see that. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of what Glee has done for me as well. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've, Certainly had some down moments throughout my college career where I could just put on an episode of Glee and it just sort of like goes away and melts away. So when a lot of these kids were saying that, I was like, I feel you, sis. I really do. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, the next performance we're going to see is uh, Artie getting the crowd going like Kevin McHale. Go get out there and like work the crowd. Like I, I did not know that he was uh, such an entertainer. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I would have been underestimating him, but uh, he really got the crowd going. Yeah, I don't know why. And we go into, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, whatever. But uh, he he's going to get everything going with uh, Empire State of Mind, Artie, Puck, Mercedes, Finn all come out. And uh, we got the these big blue uh, Glee Le- Letterman jackets going that uh, are going to make an appearance in the entire time. Well, they might not be exactly Letterman jackets. They kind of look like that style. Um, but yeah, Empire State of Mind up next. So I kind of, uh, the thing that I took away from this was that they underutilized Jenna Ushkowitz's dancing skills on the show. Like, cause you see her jamming out to this number. I'm like, damn, a girl. I mean, and I always knew this. I mean, we know that she's classically trained. She's a, she can tap all that shit, but damn, like she really should have been doing so much more. I mean, I know, I know that wasn't Tina's character, but I'm like, damn, like. At least can we get some dream sequences with her uh, dancing her ass off? Because she's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is absolutely uh, underutilized throughout the show. But that's no surprise to anybody uh, for Tina's character to be the way she is. I'm just glad that we've had yeah. seasons four and five with Tina because those have been a lot of fun to uh, see her in more. I mean, the episode that we just recorded uh, had, or maybe it was two episodes ago, had Jumpin' Jumpin' in it. And, you know, just like little things to show that she's uh, she's got it. She's uh, She's got a lot of talent in her. So glad they eventually opened uh, the door to let her do more. Um, we're going to meet another person that's being highlighted here. Uh, her name is Josie. She has uh, bright red hair. She is the world's number one Britney fan. All right. Well, I guess these are my people now. I fully uh, <laughs> gotten my uh, Britney stand card. It's been stamped. Um, yeah, here we are. 
<laughs> you weren't invited to this meeting at the time, I guess, because you weren't the Britney Stan just yet. Uh, but she had all of these people over her house. She was talking about how she's made friends from being a Glee fan. And we see them playing like this headbands, guess who kind of game back at the house, like guessing who each other are. And she like got the Britney card. She's like, oh, my God, I didn't even have to cheat to get it this time. So uh, she was having a good time you, there. How do you cheat to get that card? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You shuffle the deck in the in some kind of tricky way to keep that card on top. The descriptors that her friends were giving her, they were ass. They were like, she's blonde. I'm like, bitch, what do you mean? Like, there's so many quotes that you could be giving this girl right now. Don't do Britney like that. Come on now. Uh, Josie has a uh, cat named Santana, a dog named Brittany. She's getting a Glee tattoo. Her house is all Glee. We see her in her Cheerios jacket. Her car was named Quinn until she crashed it. <laughs> what a foreshadow, man. What a foreshadow. Now we know where uh, Ryan Murphy got his ideas. Like, I could not believe that that was being said. I was like, what season? What? No, that's season three. And I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. so confused. Foreshadow. If only she knew. If only she knew. Um, she also is wearing Britney's uh, cat hat with like the long strings on each side from Blame It on the Alcohol. So very big uh, Britney fan. She uh, she also tells us uh, that Josie, uh, she has Asperger's and, you know, th- that comes with a lot of anxiety. So she was telling us her story is pretty much how it, it's been really nice to have friends to talk about Glee with, which uh, I think a lot of us can relate to. But this means more to her because she, uh, you know, has, has her own struggles in life and she's never been one to really have friends and and to uh, to to hang out with people, I think, is the gist of what she was saying. So she's like, Britney S. Pierce is my pick-me-up that gets me through it all. All I do is, like, turn on a video of her performing, and it just takes me away to a world where I just, you know, am, am happy and I'm smiling. And uh, she's like, I will fight anybody for the Britney, fi- uh, Britney fan title. Yeah, I mean, I mean, go up for Britney. I mean, she's obviously a powerhouse of a character on the show. I loved watching her... Uh, do this uh rendition of slave for you again um and it sounds like i mean i feel like for some of these numbers they're lip syncing but it sounds like they used recorded tracks not from the show which i liked because i understand a that couple times yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna be hard um for heather morris who really isn't a trained singer to be going full force with the britney choreo while uh singing but I was glad that they at least didn't like use the same song from the show because then it's like, what are we paying for? I'm just paying to hear you perform to your own karaoke. <laughs> but another thing is like, what well, like we were saying before that all of these kids that are at this show, I'm like, damn, like some of, this might be like the foray into Britney Spears's catalog for a lot of these kids because they're young as shit. Like, I mean, of course, Britney Spears is still around and is a bit ubiquitous, but. I don't think that somebody that's in elementary school in 2011 is going out to get, because what album was even out that time? They're not buying Circus off the racks in Target. You know what I mean? They, 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 did, they missed all of the Hit Me Baby One More Times and the Oops, I Did It Agains and the Toxics and all that shit. So I mean, it's just a crazy to me that Glee literally can be, a, you know, exposing people to someone as ubiquitous as Britney Spears. It's just crazy. For sure. Uh, but this girl is all over, all over the Britney, everything. I think she was saying later in the uh, later in the movie, she was saying that she met Heather Morris. Right. And she was like, she, that was, she had a great I experience. I wish they showed that. that. I know. 
I guess it was like in a meet and greet that there was no footage from her, but like not even a picture to like show on on, on screen. Uh, but yeah, she uh, Josie says that she met Heather and she was it was like the greatest experience of her life. She talked she was talking to Heather about like how much the character means to her and how much she means to her for you know portraying this character and all this kind of stuff. And she was like that moment where I you know where I talked to her and she looked at me and she was like I get it and I totally get you and I totally love you and you're so you know just just telling her how great she is. She was like that's the moment where I just decided that I want to be happy because there's there's things in life to be happy about no matter where you find them like she was like that was my thing that made me want to go on living every day happy so you know if glee did that for so many people I'm so happy for it yeah me too I concur entirely so yeah as you mentioned we see Britney on stage in her uh Britney outfit for slave for you and you know a little bit of lip syncing here uh which you know I think uh wouldn't surprise people it's a Britney staple but uh yeah it's uh, a a good number there and uh you know just our usual Britney slave for you performance uh knocks it out of the park uh backstage we see Mike and Puck and I'm just going to call them all by their characters names uh maybe I'll go back and forth who knows um and also I think uh Finn back there as well doing some pull-ups talking about how uh well Puck in particular is like yeah you know I'm pretty popular with the with the ladies with the moms who want me to come clean their pools which is just really to intro us into uh Puck on stage doing Fat Bottom Girls which I've always been such an unironic fan of this song why are the Cheerios in the background on workout bikes during this song I don't what no. message are they trying to send? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they're you trying to bike to the... get a good a, a, a big yeah. round ass. Is that it? Like I guess. You have Finn on the drums, Sam on guitar, uh, and then Puck is on stage by himself, but he's going to go over to the crowd and find Lauren Zeiss out there, of course, who uh, the two of them, like, this is their song together. But, and then uh, they end up on stage, Sam and Puck uh, playing guitar up in the front, singing the song while Lauren's just dancing around. I was, for a split second, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, Lauren is, doesn't have to be subjected to this bullshit again. Like, we made it, like, through, like, maybe one third of the number without her showing up. And then there she is in the, in the audience. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, Puck learned nothing. Like, she told you that this song makes her feel like crap. And here you are singing it to her in front of the whole fucking state of New Jersey. <laughs> I, I guess she's I guess she's taking a liking to it because she was dancing all around on that stage and having a great time. Uh, Queen Ashley Fink going off on that stage. So uh, fun to see that. Um, we're going to go backstage. We see Ryan, you know, uh, Murphy behind the camera, you know, talking to Rachel, telling Rachel that Barbara's going to be there tonight. Uh, she's going to be here to see you sing. And Rachel doesn't know what to say. She starts crying a little bit. She's like, I knew she would come. She's like, I've been singing Don't Rain on my, on my Parade since I was two. You know, I knew it since I was in the womb. I've been singing forever. And I just knew that Barbara would show up. Um, and of course, that's going to lead us into Rachel and her performance of Don't Rain on My Parade. And let me ask you what you thought of uh, Leah's performances in this and all the energy she put into these songs. Yeah, it was. I mean, Rachel is a very overwrought character as it is. But yeah, some of these numbers were like, damn, I'm like, girl, like, no wonder you had to take a break because you're doing a lot. <laughs> like, shit. I mean, she sounded great. I think she, she was... sounded really great on Don't Rain on My Parade. But there was definitely a ferocity and of ambacity to her voice. It was like, damn. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy in the sun's a ball of butter. Like, so dramatic. I was like, I was, because, you know, in the, in the locker room, the locker room, in the dressing room, Orion uh, was like, you know, Barbara's coming. And so I was like, oh, shit. Like, so when she came out there and started singing like that, I was like, are they about to pan to Barbara? Did Barbara, like, make a stop? 
but she never did. So I was like, damn, she's just singing her ass off for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. I mean, she looks. Uh, I don't know if this is the exact outfit she had at uh, that that regionals in season one. Uh, the black dress and the red bow. I feel yeah, like it's that, similar, but that I can't was remember. It. That was it. That was it. Uh, she's like making eye contact with the camera during the song, just being so extra. Like you know, Rachel perf- performs that song at, at regionals and absolutely knocks it out of the park, of course. But uh, this performance here, the live version, is just so like beyond extra of Rachel. But uh, all right, uh, the part where you know you get to the hey, Mister Armstrong, uh, she does hey, everybody, here mm. I am. <laughs> I'm much um, my band. <laughs> I'll be in my drum. And can we talk about how like the the warblers and then a bunch of all the new directions kids come out on the stage during that number to like hype the crowd up and get them all cheering for her like crazy? I was like, that's a hundred percent Ryan Murphy, like wanting to make sure the crowd is as loud as possible for Leah. So he sends everybody onto the stage to be, you know, waving their arms up in the air, like, come on, get loud for her at the end of this number. Yeah. Yeah, the ultimate hype man, Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. Got to make got to make the star happy. But yeah, like you said, she kills this number. So, of course. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we see Mike Chang backstage doing a robot impression, which no, not that bad. Pretty, uh, pretty believable. Uh, Artie is talking about how him and Mike run this whole ship. Uh, Artie's going to come out in his red jacket, Mike in his gold jacket, and the two of them are going to go into uh, PYT. Pretty young thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have had conversations about, like, what their type is. And I always tell myself I don't really have a type. But, you know, after watching this concert, I was like, you know what? I do think I have a type. It's guys who can dance. Because Mike Chang was doing it for me during this performance. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it was just, like, the combination of it being Michael Jackson and the dancing. But it was working for me. It's working for me. Dancing is always a great, great quality in anybody. So down with that. Um, yeah. The two of them have a, a really good number here. I mean, I, there were so many uh, Kevin McHale performances. I was not mad about it at all. Um, and of course, Mike out there as much uh, dancing as they could get him to do. So that was good. We are going to bounce back to seeing some more fans that have Glee shirts on. Uh, one of the kids are talking about how like, uh, one of the kids that's not highlighted, he's like, yeah, Kurt being trendy and fashionable, like, really helped me come out on my own. And, uh, you know, I was able to express myself more when I saw Kurt uh, expressing himself so openly in his school. Uh, so that's that was, uh, you know, nice. Uh, then we're going to meet our third highlighted fan of the episode. It is Trenton, who is telling us a story about how he did not come out by choice. He did not come out of the closet because he wanted to. Uh, he had a journal when he was younger and he had a crush on a guy named Brian. He wrote some letters to him him in the journal uh brian found out about this crush because uh trenton's best friend at the time decided to take the journal put it on brian's desk and embarrass the crap out of him so that's pretty fucked up and i hope they didn't stay friends that was so heartbreaking i was literally like (gasps) when i was watching him tell the story i was like i cannot believe that someone would do that to someone else my mom um is very big on journaling and she bought my sister and I journals when we were young. She was like, look, you might, you, you need to start writing. You need to like, it's really good to like record your thoughts so that, you know, you can look back on how you used to think when you're older. And it's just, you know, it's very eye opening to see how far you've come and what you can actually learn from your past self. 
and she was like really big on writing in a journal and a diary and everything. And she said like one of the biggest like heartbreaking moments of her life was coming home to find her dad reading her diary. So she's always been such a huge, huge advocate for like having just a little piece to yourself. And so I had such a visceral reaction when I heard his story. I was like, oh my God, if my mom had seen this, she would have like flown to whatever hometown that kid is in and like beat <laughs> his friend's <laughs> ass. Like she is so like, she's does not play when it comes to that kind of thing. That's really like sucks. that was so fucked up. Like, what was that best friend doing that day? Just decided they wanted some extra drama to be like, you know, pushing them through the day. Like, they what? Just what did they realize? Get they just don't. It's just like I mean, you're young and you're just you think it's funny and you don't. It's so not. Just have like the you just you can't you don't have the foresight to realize that this could really hurt someone in a lot more ways than one. Like it. Yeah, it really, really sucks. I say this all the time that information in high school is like gold. Any information that you have on other people that these two people kissed, these two people did that. This person did that. This person was caught doing this, um, especially a secret like somebody being, you know, uh, a different sexual orientation. Of course, you know, the only thing in high school that would have surprised anybody was any time that uh, somebody was found out to be gay or a lesbian or anything like that or whatever it was uh, that like there's a reason it's so harmful to kids in high school when they get outed. Even more so than, you know, in the later years of life, uh, or I don't know if that's fair to say, but just especially in high school, because you're just, you know, this kid did not have a choice in uh, when, you know, his his story was going to be his own anymore. It just became his best friend who decided to, or his supposed best friend that decided to just share his story with the world. And, you know, for that five minutes of probably feeling like she made a really funny joke or something like that, like ruin this kid's life. But, you know, luckily Glee fixed it. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> really, really shitty Poor guy. I mean, he had to up and leave schools, and mm-hmm. and he's, he's such a cutie pie too. Yeah, he uh, he said later in the episode that he had to switch schools, and uh, he was at some like pride parades later on. So like, I think he was saying that he just lives like out and proud now, and he's like very happy where he is this to this day. But uh, it wasn't a you know great journey getting there. No, not at all. I mean, he said he. he, he when they caught up with him, he was like he was nineteen at the time, and like I guess he was like a freshman in college and was you know out and proud and whatever. But like yeah, I couldn't imagine you know the the bullying and just that fear. Like when you feel like you just you're not going to be safe anymore at your own school that you have to leave. That's just crazy. Just mm-hmm. kids can be so cruel, man. Just unbelievably cruel. And the gag is like there are so many of those other kids that are probably in the same predicament as him, and yet they'll they'll probably join in because it's easier to to join in rather than stand out. I mean, we know the story, but it's just like, I don't know. I mean, just, you know, with some perspective on it now, now that it's 2020, it just, you just look back at those ways and you're like, this how archaic we're we living in just like less than 10 years ago, you know? And I just say that it's all perfect now because it most certainly isn't, but man, man, <laughs> we just have a long way to go. It's just crazy. For sure. Um, so yeah, Trenton uh, had a had a rough story there. Hopefully, he's doing well to this day. You know, I haven't really uh, seen any of these kids on TikTok or anything. I'd be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. You know, popping up and be like, "Hey, I was featured on the Glee concert movie. Here's behind the scenes stories of it." Um, I'm sure it's out there. I just haven't seen it. And maybe they're embarrassed by it. Maybe they're like, "Oh no, fuck that shit." <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, we go back to the performances. Mercedes with a number that I know you enjoy. Ain't no way. Yes, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they were gonna do the the tired old, and I am telling you. But when I heard that song playing underneath Trenton's, you know, confessional about his experience, or whatever, I was like, <gasps> and then they cut to that song. I was like, 
yes and she sounds so good no lip sync no lip sync that's just how she sounds mm-hmm. uh, man yes aretha franklin absolutely crushed like, it on that one gotta be like in her grave somewhere smiling like yes i mean i know that jennifer hudson is about to play her in the in her biopic but damn like i just i, I just hope that amber riley was at least in contention I hope that they at least called her because come on. But then again, their voices are a little different. Like they both, of course, have very soulful voices. But I guess Amber Riley, I mean, she's Amber Riley is classified as a lyric soprano. So she gets up there. Whereas Aretha Franklin, she has a bit more of a deeper, richer tone to her voice than Amber does. So I guess it really wouldn't match. But still, oof, what a performance. <laughs> Yeah, a really good number there, which transitions over from uh, that beautiful number into uh, Finn singing Jesse's Girl. So uh, that was quite the switch, but you know, it's fine. You got to get the crowd yeah. going for it all It didn't hold the same weight were... without Jesse St. James being there <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, it's just everybody has their different favorite characters. Everybody's waiting for theirs to come out. So we get a Mercedes number. Uh, we get a Finn number here with Jesse's Girl, which, uh, you know, not a bad performance from Mr. Corey Monteith at all. Um, I, I always feel like I'm as time has gone on I've started to feel more bad about like all the ragging that we've done on uh Finn as like the lead vocalist I, I feel bad about it because I mean just because he wasn't like the strongest singer like he was given this spot I don't know I've, I felt bad over time to for like all of the ragging we've done because it's not by any means is Corey Monte the bad singer or performer so I feel like I've been a little too hard on him um and uh you know I I, I hope I haven't but uh just appreciating now uh Corey and his performance here with uh with Jesse's girl so love that guy Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. And like Blaine and whoever else, Kurt, you know, people that have their fans out there can come onto the scene and, you know, be the next new hot stuff. Maybe Sam was at the time, whatever it was. I mean, Kurt doesn't really qualify in that category, but uh, Finn is like the OG. Like he had his fans and, you know, they were dedicated and loyal to him. So a lot of uh, Finn Hudson fans in the crowd. Yeah, that's true. We're going to switch next over to Santana Lopez in her uh, pink and black dress, Brittany in her yellow and black dress, and then, of course, Mike Chang joining them for, of course, time for some Valerie. (laughs) Time for some Valerie here is uh, season two sectionals. Still can't believe it was only sectionals and not like a nationals, but that's got to get this in here, of course, and they bring the house down. Yeah, I wish that the rest of the kids were out there with her more because it feels like they weren't. It was feels like it was kind of just like Brittany and Mike. Um, but like part of what made that number so fantastic was that it was a New Directions number. So it's like, where the hell is like yeah. the rest of her fanfare? But okay, fine, whatever. She still sounded great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, obviously like the trio of them is uh, is really. I guess people remember the most from that uh, from that number. Of course, they're going to do it again in season five uh, with the three of them. So looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, a lot of fun to get Valerie thrown in there. Next, we get the scene of uh, the whole prom queen thing, which transitions uh, for uh, Janae. That transitions us back into uh, Rachel singing Firework, which... Again, um, I said, I know I said it during the episode recap that like Firework was such a, uh, you know, thrown in their number because it was a top hit at the time um and i still feel the same way like firework eh, didn't need it on the tour no no we really didn't <laughs> this number it wasn't that substantial but i guess they just wanted to put two uh katie perry songs back to back 
I guess. But I mean, like, it is 2011. Teenage done... Dream is a very, very popular album at the time. So sell the tickets. I feel like they could have done uh, The Only Exception or any of the other songs that Rachel... Rachel has so many solos back at this time, but... Nah, I don't need yeah, to bring no, down right. the hype with that shit. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. All right, all right, all right. I'm just uh, I'm over <laughs> the firework. <laughs> um, we're going to cut backstage. We see Blaine and the Warblers beatboxing. Uh, we see a couple of familiar faces back there. Kurt Mega, Ry- uh, Riker, 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 right? Riker, Lynch, uh, whatever. Uh, the Disney <laughs> guy the that is... Uh, what? Wait, who is it? Who? <laughs> Don't make me say it again. I think it's Riker Lynch. Oh, okay. Yeah, Riker Lynch. Yeah, okay. I, I was second-guessing myself. Um, but, yeah, the Disney guy who uh, got his start with the Warblers, or didn't get his start with them, but uh, he was on Glee for a little while, and they're all beatboxing and making jokes about how Blaine always gets all the leads, and uh, they're like, you know, we, we try, we audition for them, but he gets them every time, but it's fine. He's our front man. We're, we love it. We respect him. <laughs> Darren Chris is sitting there so awkwardly, like, <laughs> yeah. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You look like a model. You look like Burt Reynolds. Oh, Blaine, your voice is everything. What was with the crowd picking out their favorite warblers? Like, as if there's an answer other than Blaine? I, I know, think some of them said so Kurt. stupid. Some of them said Kurt. Some of them, some of them said Blaine. I was like, don't sit here and act like they didn't say it. They didn't even say anybody's, like, name. <laughs> like. Exactly. I think the only time that we got to hear names was when Kurt first showed up there. And it was only two of them. It was like the Asian guy and the black guy. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Asian guy was on the tour. So <laughs> they were all like, my favorite warbler is Blaine, 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 Blaine. They it's like, all oh, like shit, the, the first girl like sat there and thought about it for a second. I was like, girl, <laughs> no, if you had said somebody, if you had given us another name, I'd be like, OK, this is a no, this is a real fan. This is a she's a super mm-hmm. fan. But they all sat there and said, Blaine, I was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> we have uh, Brittany also backstage uh, who's asked, I guess, the same question, but she just is talking about how she wants to be a warbler really, really bad, um, but they haven't given her the opportunity. And this is where we meet the, uh, the mini warbler. I know. Or the little East Asian boy, as my narrator will put it. <laughs> yes. How did I know he was East Asian? <laughs> it's so crazy to me. But yeah, this is really, really cute. Um he was in the crowd. And I remember this video. Jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. I think his grandmother was with him. It looks so cute. It was so adorable. It was really cute. Yeah. If you haven't seen this video, I mean, I'm sure you have. If you're uh, like an older Glee fan, um, this video, I feel like, made its way around the internet at the time of this kid that's just bopping back and forth to the Warblers numbers, and he looks like he could fit in with them in the song. Um, he's probably, what, like three years old or something, if that. Um, but this kid's adorable, and obviously the, it made its way to Glee producers, and they worked him into uh, being a part of this, and then also he was there at the concert. Yeah, they should have put him in the show. I know. They should have had him in that episode where they needed a uh, when all the kids turned into kids. But then again, I guess no one none of the kids looked oh, like him. Oh, that would have been cute. So. Yeah. But yeah, so the Warblers and of course Blaine and the Warblers are going to go into a set of their own here. We're going to start with Teenage Dream, go into Silly Love Songs, which I think both of us were probably excited to see cuz we really fell in love with that one uh during this rewatch. So Teenage Dream, Silly Love Songs and then Razor Glass uh was the set for them. Yeah, glass. I kind of feel like I would have preferred if they sprinkled the performances around. I don't know if I would have enjoyed just like having all of the Warblers numbers back to back to back as a performer and as a viewer. Yeah, it felt like they were giving the uh, New Directions a break by letting the Warblers come on for about 20 minutes or so. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. All right, fine. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I think it would have been cool to have it sprinkled around a little bit, but it was like, all right, here's the Warbler set list. Teenage Dream, of course, going to get the crowd going. So um, nothing like a good classic Teenage Dream performance with uh, Darren, Chris, and a bunch of extras. Uh, sorry to uh, Kurt Mega and whoever else. But yeah, he's uh, getting the crowd going, thanking everybody for being there. And he's like, here, for, let's hear it for the Dalton Academy Warblers. Um, silly love songs. Just, I love that song. I'm so glad I've uh, rediscovered that one on this rewatch. People want to fill the world with silly love songs. I was so, so happy good. that they did this. I had, n- I, had I would mm-hmm. never have like guessed that they would do this song if you had asked me beforehand. It's so cute. It's adorable. It's such a good song. It's such a happy rhythm beat. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Raise your glass. Why did they do it without Kurt? Mm, good question. I don't know. I mean, does he need to be there <laughs> for any of them? I don't know. I mean, I'm always down for some Darren Chris. It's Blaine's time, okay? Freaks. They all said that Blaine was their favorite warbler, okay? Only like two people said Kurt, so he'll be he'll need to be there. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's good. Darren Chris, uh, you know, he shined with the Warblers. Of course, uh, he has a lot of good stuff with the New Directions, but the Warblers is where he uh, went to become a star. So that's that. Um, we get a little scene with Trenton, but we already kind of talked about most of his stuff. Uh, just him talking about how he uh, took the journal back after that whole long day and then he went home and he burned it so that his family would never find it. He was having okay. a really hard time dealing with it. And uh, a little bit about how him and Kurt were, you know, he, he found some inspiration in Kurt because Kurt was out and proud and he took that to, you know, to, to his own life, which is going to lead us into Rachel and Kurt with what song Amon? Get happy, happy days are here again. I was kind of pissed off because they started in the middle of the song. I was like, how do you do this song dirty like that? Screw y'all. But they <laughs> sounded great. I love this. The, you know what? Once again, duets is that bitch. Because if I'm not mistaken, at least three of the songs from the duets episode were on this movie. Okay? So clearly, clearly, I'm on to something here. Clearly. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, I still, I still enjoy the number. I can't seem to get into like the love and passion that you have for it, but I, I have no bad things to say about it. I just don't have that, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you have towards it. But, uh, I just knew that you were so excited to have this uh, song here on the tour. So I was, uh, at least happy for that for you. Uh, the two of them on stage together with the stools and, uh, they end up at the end of the song holding hands together and just, happy you know, times. nice little Rachel and Kurt happy moment. times, happy nights, happy nights, happy days are here again yes i love that song high five uh britney is backstage telling mercedes that she's a better singer than her because it's true hmm uh santana talks about how she was gonna lock rachel in the closet um, I feel like I should use actors' names here because um, that, that really is a little bit more representative of what was going on. Um, obviously, like this is all this is very funny. Um, the way that they're like, like I feel like Artie was like spilling tea on Leah uh, or uh, Kevin was, uh, I should say. Um, they were all like, "Yeah, uh, I don't know what you guys have heard, but like, yeah, she's just, mm-hmm. yeah." But they were talking about Rachel. Uh, Santana was like talking about how she was gonna beat 
uh, Rachel up. She's like, she knows I'll do it. She looks at the person that's doing her makeup. She's like, I've beat you up before, right? Like I, I beat you up well. And the girl's like, yeah, you, you totally beat me up. <laughs> I beat you up well. <laughs> okay. Why did they make these? Like, why did they make them do this for the damn movie? Why couldn't they at least be themselves in the fucking dressing room? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it worked for me with the Britney and Mercedes line. Like, yeah, no, I, I am a better singer than her. I've told her that. <laughs> it's like, and how do you feel about that, Mercedes? She doesn't have to answer. She doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. She just sat there and laughed. Um, we see. Uh, yeah. So that's just, you know, some scenes with uh, with Naya and Leah and then with uh, Heather and Amber. But then uh, we cut over to a scene that was very quick, but I, I saw the full length version of this on a YouTube video before. So I um, it was Brittany on stage with Blaine asking Blaine if he wants to make out. She's like, hey, Blaine, you're looking cute. You want to make out? And then you see Kurt on the side of the stage. <laughs> I can't even. It's so awkward. <laughs> what is he saying? Are you flirting with, with my, my man? man? Are you flirting with my man? And his head bops to the side like I got whiplash from it. I was like, okay. <laughs> it was so awkward. Never seen that before. <laughs> I know. Like, the full scene is uh, Brittany is on stage. Blaine shows up. And, like, it, I mean, that, that part of it is pretty much what we saw. And she just comes up to Blaine and she's like, oh, like, you're looking cute. You want to make out? And Blaine's like, you want to make out with me? Like, right here in front of all these people? And Brittany's like, yeah, like, that's what I want to do. And he's like... I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of taken. And she's like, oh, I've never had a problem taking someone else's, uh, taking taking a guy from a girl before, and whatever. And he's like, okay, no, really, I don't think you know what's going on here. And then that's when Kurt comes up on the stage and does that line. Are you flirting with my man? And Brittany's like, ugh, oops, I did it again. And she walks off the stage in this corny-ass way. Yeah, so I know that this is just supposed to be a concert, right? This is not supposed to yeah. be an episode of Glee. But this, some of these scenes... <laughs> seemed like fucking lines that were left on the cutting room floor of like disposed scripts and shit like that like it looked it reminded me a lot of the pilot podcast or the pilot podcast the pilot script that i read the one that like the first draft the one that they didn't end up going with so corny yeah yeah it was a lot of corny uh material in there but it was it was cute. I, I, if we were at the concert, we would have been eating it up. Um, uh, yeah, and so uh, Blaine also and Kurt have uh, the, the ending of that scene is just them talking about like they want to go sing a number together. Blaine's like, "Why don't we do a big Broadway number?" And Kurt's like, "No, that's my thing. You stick to Pink and Katy Perry. I have to compete with Rachel for all those numbers, so you stay out of it." Um, the two of them go off. Whatever. Artie is going to get back on the stage. He says, "Everyone's got a dream, and this is mine." And uh, Mr. Kevin McHale gets to do a dance number, of course, with a safety dance. Gets out of the wheelchair into his blue Glee jacket, and uh, he's all over the stage. Okay, so yeah, I was glad to let him. They let him uh, get up and uh, show off his dancing skills in the flesh just so that we can make sure that it wasn't a double, a stunt double on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, thought that was a little strange. I wonder if anybody had like not seen the f- every episode of Glee and they were like, whoa, he's getting up and dancing. I mean, he makes it clear uh, with that line. Everybody has a dream and this is mine to, you know, be able to get out of the chair, but whatever. Um, everybody's on stage with them. Well, not everybody, but they have a, he has a lot of backup dancers with him. Um, I think I did see Heather Morris out there as well. So, uh, I don't think Mike Chang was out there, but whatever. No, Mike um, wasn't but out there. it was a really good number. Nice to see uh, Artie get some dancing time in there. Uh, so that was good. Um, we go over to the prom, which, as mentioned, uh, Janae 
the uh, the fan uh, gets prom princess. She's taking pictures with Reed. They're having a great time. Um, everything seems to be going well there. The coach is talking about how great Reed is for not thinking twice before bringing this girl to prom. So, okay, uh, cute stuff. And then they go into a slow song after the prom talk. Uh, it's Quinn and Sam doing their version of Lucky, which felt to me like the only way that they were going to get Quinn singing into the show because I couldn't think of what else they were going to have Diana Agron do here. But this is definitely a good pick. Keep me me hanging on in there. You know, I was surprised that we didn't get any Cheerios, like like Unholy Trinity numbers. I guess there really weren't that many at this point, but there was at least that one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was was happy to see uh, Diana at least get one number. It felt like there could have been more but whatever that's the story of uh diana agron and glee at all um but i mean now now that we're into this performance of lucky we have a different set going on in the background as the choir room is there in the background and we see all the kids on the chairs and the risers and they're just hanging out back there in between numbers and uh quinn looks so cute in this number with the flower dress and yellow you know whatever that's called and i don't know just uh happy to see that but then uh, they're going to switch over into uh, the other p- half of duets, uh, River Deep, Mountain High, with Mercedes and Santana. Yes, two duets back to back. They even uh, kept up with the choreo from the episode as well. Brought the house down as per usual. Like, I mean, it doesn't get any better. Do doesn't I not. love you, my oh my? River deep, mountain high, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is this is the uh, the song, or I don't know if it was a picture or a video that Amber posted on uh, Instagram in a, a couple weeks ago, saying like best duets on the show. Me and Naya, hands down, no one could tell us anything. Like that was it. It was just the two of us, uh, top bitches on the show. And like, I mean, yeah, try to disagree with that. I dare you. Um, not gonna happen. But yeah, and then also I, I remember Jenna making a comment about it recently saying that like everybody loved these numbers. They loved dancing backstage or I guess maybe not backstage. It was in that back area in the choir room area where they were all just dancing along in the background to uh, each of these numbers to look like they were still involved in some way. So uh, this whole part of the set seemed like a whole lot of fun. And this song in particular is just a fan favorite crowd pleaser. Love it. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, Santana goes to sit down after this performance and she's like, hey, Mercedes, do you hear the sound? of all that applause for me the fans have spoken and i am now the official sexiest member of the glee club and from off stage we hear not so fast hot cheeks and uh give it up for holly holiday hola classe hola i see you driving around town with a girl i love and i'm like fuck you or forget you Yes, she better get her coin. She better she better uh, make her her grand entrance with that uh signature gray skirt and black top and knee-high boots. I was like, "Yes, Gwyneth, come on now." Show them how it's done. Yeah, it was really nice to see uh, Gwyneth Paltrow stop by the set and uh not the set. The uh the concert for she only came for these two performances. It was uh June 16th and 17th of 2011 is when these were performed. So, so I think she came by for both of those and uh you know, was a part of the movie. So that was really cool that they were able to get her there for that. Um Forget You was also a pretty big song at the time even if uh it I don't know. Well, I think you're a big fan of the song. I think we talked about it at the time. I feel like it hasn't really like held up over time. Song. I feel like I feel like most people still don't think of this song very much these days, but maybe you do. Um, I mean, I don't think I think about it on a regular basis or anything like that, but I, I think it's definitely still a crowd pleaser. 
You just wake up from bed and think of it. <laughs> yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night chanting, forget you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Uh, everybody's in this number except for Rachel. Where's Rachel? Exactly. Like, I mean, you know what? Fine, whatever. When it's on stage, I don't give a shit. I mean, what was she doing? What was she doing? I mean, was she in every other number? Like, I don't know. She wasn't. She wasn't there for any of this. For the lucky performance, River Deep Mountain High. So I guess it was like this whole time where she was not going to be the center of attention for three numbers in a row. She was like, "Why? Why would I be out there?" She can shove it up her. Ass. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> right. I mean, like, what else? What else is there? Like, uh, she's a part of the New Directions, and every other member of the New Directions is out there except for her. Uh, Blaine's not there as well, but he's not a New Direction. He's just you know whatever. But I don't know. That was strange to me. Um, so that's that. And uh, the next performance is going to be Kurt doing I Want to Hold Your Hand. Very, you know, uh, one of my favorite Kurt solos, if not my favorite Kurt solo of all time. So uh, glad to see him get that one in there. And he's coming out and like kind of reaching into the crowd and holding everybody's hands. And uh, he like stops in the middle of the song to like look at a really cute kid. And he's like, hi, sweetie. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if this is the song for that. You might want to finish out the finish out the emotional number before going into the. Oh my god, hi, sweetie, and you're so cute. <laughs> right. <laughs> but all the kids come out for this one, and, and Rachel is here for for this at least. Uh, I think her and Heather were standing next to each other, um, yeah. holding each other's hands. It'd be like if Celine were out there singing, "My heart will go on." Like near, far, wherever. I see you up there, sweetie. Hi, how you doing? You are <laughs> like. <come on. laughs> Read the room, buddy. Yes. How have they never done that song on Glee? Now that I think about it, what the fuck? I don't know. You're right, but I don't know why. Maybe season seven. Yeah, maybe. The lost season. <laughs> After this number with Kurt, we uh, see a lot of, uh, we, we focus a little bit on Trenton. Uh, you know, of course, one of our fans from this episode, um, he is wearing his Likes Boys shirt, and we're going to see a little bit more of other people with their Born This Way shirts that they all wear. And, you know, people had them made for themselves of uh, shirts that, you know, had whatever their shirt would have been. Um, and everybody's, like, talking to the camera. They're cutting to, you know, confessionals of different fans that are telling us, like, what their thing is that is on their shirt and why whatever um there's there's a group of women who are all there and they have their shirts on and they're holding up a shirt for the girl that's not there and the shirt says unlucky on it and they're like we're waiting for our friend she has all of our tickets but she got into a car accident on the way here (laughs) miss unlucky what is going on with car crashes at this damn movie like why (laughs) right unlucky and she got in a car crash and they're like we're waiting for this bitch but she's in a fucking car crash i was like is she okay did you check on her (laughs) and how do they not transition from like lucky into unlucky or like i don't know some kind of uh you had it right it was right there for you but yeah she's i'm sure she was okay uh she uh the all of her friends were waiting for her to get the tickets but whatever um but as everybody has their born this way shirts on we're gonna cut over to born this way of course the new directions performing this number all in their uh signature white tees lucy kabusi uh likes boys wears glasses four eyes rachel's not in this one no i didn't notice it's insane I'm, i'm gonna double check but i'm pretty sure she's not here no you're probably right um, but yeah, the rest of the new directions are out there. We'll be yeah, yeah because this number is uh, highlighted with Tina and Mercedes and Kurt. So if she's not the star of the number, why would she be out there? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she's not there. That's crazy. Like, was she just like not like she was just off that night? I guess. Uh, Born this way, and then uh, after the Born this way, which always always a good time with Born this way. I think they uh, do a really good job with it, both on the show and in the concert. Uh, Josie, Trenton, and Janae are going to close out their stories for all of us and tell us, you know, kind of just wrapping things up, saying. A bunch of nice things about what Glee has done for them in their lives, what it does for all of us fans of the show, how it's taught us all so many different things about being good, be not being good, being strong, being, uh, you know, uh, able to, to hold your own in life and, you know, not worry about your differences from other people and all that kind of cheesy stuff. But uh, nice to see them all close out their stories. I mean, I don't know how much I needed that to be a part of the Glee movie. I mean, I'm not like mad that it was involved, but like I also wouldn't have been mad if it was like just the just the concert. concert yeah. And yeah, I would have I would have enjoyed know. more content from um, the cast. And I would have loved if we got real moments with them where they didn't have to be in character 100% of the time. I was sort of left mm-hmm. wanting for that. I wanted more of a documentary feel. But, I mean, it was still enjoyable, so whatever. Absolutely agree. Um, and then the final number, seemingly, is going to be Rachel with the New Directions. It seems like Santana gets a, a little bit of solo highlights in here as well with uh, Loser Like Me. So, of course, after wrapping up all of the uh, cheesy, sentimental stuff about how it's good to be different, we go into You Want to Be a Loser Like Me uh, with Rachel, Finn, Blaine's out there as well, which felt like a spoiler. Spoiling, he's going to be with the New Directions. No, just kidding. But um, Loser <laughs> Like Me closes things out, and that's, that's that. I uh, know you don't love this song, but... I enjoyed it a lot more in the context of this concert because it seemed so much more apropos given the audience. Mm-hmm. A corny little slushy at the end with the uh, audience getting slushied and the confetti going off everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, everybody seemed to be having a good time with that. Yep. But right, like Santana got some extra highlight in that. Did she? Oh, yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, she really did. Like that was that was Rachel's song in the in the show. And, you know, the New Directions all joined her for it. But it seemed like they did Rachel and Santana with the New Directions there. But also, you know, some Finn, some Blaine, whatever it was. So um, there was good there. But then the show's not over, kids. Uh, We go to the uh, start of some credits as we start to see, you know, directed by, written by, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then we are going to get one final performance of the New Directions in their blue jackets doing Somebody to Love from season one. Mercedes, of course, at the end of the song, hits her note. I mean, who's surprised? Yeah. Somebody, somebody. Yes. (laughs) To love. I have expected them to like end it the same way they ended it on the episode with like the pan up of their arms going up to the ceiling and then done. Mm -hmm. But no, they didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I wasn't, I wasn't mad with the final number. I mean, loser like me felt like the final number. I was like happy with that. But of course, you know, there's an encore. So uh, somebody to love 
sounded, you know, good, good for me. I was fine with it. And then that's, that's the actual end. Uh, then we're going to see the credits where we have the, uh, little warbler boy doing like the full video of his choreography along to, uh, uh, raise your glass or whichever, uh, no, teenage dream. I think it was. So, um, that's how they close things out. Uh, dog days are over single ladies and Friday also were included in the home release of this movie, but not in the film. <gasps> How could they not have? Well, maybe Beyonce interfered with that. <laughs> she was like, y'all ain't selling my fucking songs like that, sis. You can do it for your little <laughs> show, but not for your little concert. I'm the only one that performs that in concert. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, they, uh, I guess they, uh, they're on the home release, like the DVD. That means that I have them in my house. Cause I know I have that DVD. So I really have to find that DVD player or Blu-ray or whatever the hell um, I'll find it at some point and uh, I'll report back, but that's it. That's the, uh, the glee live in concert 3d movie. I didn't watch it in 3d at my house just now, but uh, it was in 3d. I guess the box must have 3d glasses in it. I don't even know if that's even still possible what to watch. Exactly. Like, would know. be 3d though. <laughs> that's the question that I ask the slushies, but they only do that like once. Mm-hmm. so what else is like i'm confused I couldn't tell you <laughs> couldn't tell you i'm looking at uh i'm looking at the set list for all of these and um apparently like not everybody like first of all the songs were kind of like in and out i mean that's like every set list for a concert like sometimes songs don't exist yeah um in certain shows and sometimes they do in others like don't rain on my parade uh was only in may 21st through 28th and then june 16th through 18th so that was taken out on the majority of the shows but it was there for the filming of this um, I guess Naya missed a couple shows. Uh, she or she missed uh, June thirtieth, <laughs> so uh, Amber had to do River Deep Mountain High by herself, and Valerie wasn't done in that show. I'm just reading all the little Wikipedia side notes here, but that's uh, that's that's really I think all I have. Um, obviously, the show was super successful, made a whole lot of money. If you care for the details on all of that, check out the Wikipedia page rather than us sitting here running them down for you. But uh, that that's the show. You uh, you enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it. It was a good time. Glee concert in the books. Glad we finally got around to watching it. And uh, if you are following along with us in real time, season five on the way for you. Season four already in your feeds along with seasons one, two, three, and a whole bunch of other content for you to go back to and check out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did not go back and watch the concert yourself, feel free to, even though we just told you how the entire thing went. It was a fun time. And uh, I would definitely recommend it if you can find it somewhere. If you have the DVD, pop it in somewhere. But uh, yeah, anything else you have? I believe that is it for me. Make sure that you are following us on Choir Room Pod. Uh, or at Choir Room Pod, rather. You can also follow us individually. I'm Adamon at Mads at Matt Lagori. Uh, leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll read them aloud on the show. Wait, let's let's do a super quick... What's your favorite song from this episode? Oh. <laughs> um, I know mine. I'm going to give it to River D Mountain High. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll give it to Cindy Love Songs. How about that? That was a nice, that was a pleasant surprise. That's a good pick. Um, we don't need to do slushy ratings. You want to give that a gold star? Sure. Um, Mike Chang. Mike Chang. Of course you picked Mike Chang. Mm. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, I was I was like, hmm, should I give it to one of the uh, the three kids? No, um, I didn't even 
No. Um, hmm. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I kind of feel bad now. Oh, well. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. No need. Um, who from the cast? I don't know. They um, Honestly, I think I'll give it to Finn. I think Finn really got the crowd going uh, with, with any time that he came out on stage. I feel like there were a lot of Finn Hudson fans. And, uh, you know, he wasn't in every number in the in the in the show or anything like that but i feel like anytime he was on stage the crowd went wild so um uh i'll give it to finn all right finn and mike interesting combo (laughs) why not all right uh actually no i probably uh, heather uh honorable mention to uh to, to Brittany, who had the great confessionals and of course was in so many of the members as well so definitely want to highlight her as well but they were all good it was a fun time by all definitely the star certainly does not go to rachel who decided to just you know pick and choose her performances yeah that's good that's true Screw that. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, check us out on all those social media places that Amon listed before. We'll see you guys with season five. So, that's all I've got. All righty. See you guys in season five. Bye.